0: Good morning, home. Sorry, hadn't cleaned my glasses yet this morning. I couldn't see our congregation. I can now see you. It's lovely to be together this morning. And for those of you at home, wherever you are in the world, we welcome you as well this morning. This morning, I was out running in Bryce Canyon in America on the treadmill sadly but it was very very beautiful and as we were running the trainer turned around and he picked up a couple of pine cones and said as you run don't clench your fists hold on gently so that you're not breaking anything don't have extra stress and it made me think about our own lives and coming to worship this morning i wonder what rhetorically, what symbolically we hold in our hands this morning. I wonder whether your hands are tight in anger or frustration. Are they rubbing together in stress or anxiety? Are our hands clasped together because we are needing an answer to prayer Are they wide open because we're full of praise and joy this morning? Are they wide open to try and feel that sunshine that's gone and disappeared since I got up? Or are they cowering in fear because of something that's happening in our lives? And so this morning, I wanted to stop at the very beginning of this service. What is in your hands? It might be a cup of tea at home. You might want to put it down for a minute and just stop let's pause at the beginning of this time of worship together and just open up our hands if you feel comfortable before God or else do it in your head, in your heart, and let's spend a moment giving to God those things that we are holding. Let's release them to our Father. Father God, this morning, we thank you that wherever we are, we can come as we are. We don't have to come a special way. We don't have to do rituals of cleaning or washing or anything else. We don't have to bring rich gifts, but Father God, we can simply come. And this morning as we meet together, Father God, wherever we are, we pray that you'd unite us as we worship you. Take those things in our hands, in our hearts, take them to yourself and may we be able to leave them with you this morning and come and turn our hands upwards in praise of you, our Lord, our Saviour, the one in whom our hope and our certainty is found. So God, this morning, come and inhabit our praises, we pray, because we want to know you more because we need you in our lives. So come, Holy Spirit, come, Father God, come, our Lord and Saviour, and touch your people afresh this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I invite you, if you're here, to stand, and we're going to worship through the words of, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. Let's worship. You know, my Bible reading this morning was exactly those words. Nothing can pluck us from the hand of our Saviour. Those whose hope is in Christ, we have a sure and a certain hope. In Psalm 111, excuse me, it says this, Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They're established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Let's continue in our praise as we sing our next song. Oh God we thank you and we praise you this morning God we thank you that you are indeed our lord our savior the one in whom you've placed you've put your trust and your spirit into our lives and God we've placed our trust in you we believe in you we believe that you're our father that you're God almighty and that you have adopted us as your children, as your dearly loved children. And so, Father God, this morning, as we've already said, we come as we are. And we pray that you would cleanse and forgive us for all the mistakes, all the things that get between us and you in our lives. Father, by your spirit, by the blood of Christ, we pray this morning that you would cleanse us. Come and forgive us. Come And help us to truly repent and turn away from the things that we get wrong. Come and seal us afresh this morning, we pray with your Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing as we meet together and worship you. God, may you be raised high in our hearts, in our lives and in this place. And in the places where we're worshipping this morning together, wherever that is. May you have your rule and your reign. And God, may we absolutely reflect your love and your light to those that we meet today and throughout this coming week. God, thank you for your amazing love for us. Amen.
1: Let's continue in our worship for our next song. Good morning, everybody. You should have received your notice sheet by now. Um, If you don't get one and you would like to receive one, please do contact the church office and we will be able to email you a copy. If you'd like to be here Wednesday lunchtime, we have got a lunchtime service at 12.45. It's in person only and you will need to book a place. And again, if you'd like to be here next Sunday morning at 10.30, you're more than welcome. Book yourself a place and it'd be great to see you. We have our Tuesday prayer meeting via Zoom at 8pm and then on Wednesday we've got the next session of the well-being course, um, it's via Zoom, the joining details are on the notice sheet, um, it's a great opportunity not just to come together but also to break into small groups via Zoom just to get to know people better too. This week Youth Club is starting again in person in the hall and in the youth lounge and it's from 730 to 9pm. So if you are in school years 7 to 9, senior school age, and you would like to come to Youth Club, please do contact Hannah on her email address as we do need to get you booked in because obviously at the moment there has to be um, numbers capped to how many. So if you would like to come, she would love to see you. Um, It's great to see um, Creative Church is in the building today. So it's great to see um, so many children back in the building. So please do, if you'd like to come, join in. Thank you. Thank you, Haley.
0: And as she said, it is absolutely wonderful to see some of our children back with us this morning. And in a few minutes, you'll be going out to Creative Church. Before you do so, let me just stop. We're going to thank God for the offering, and we're going to pray for you guys as you head out. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for the ways that you've blessed us. And we thank you as a church that you've enabled us to keep going and lord we thank you for every single gift that's been given in whatever means whatever way father thank you thank you for providing for us thank you for always providing for us for being our lord who's there for us and god we pray that the gifts that have transferred over today that they'd be used well for your glory that more people would come to know you And Lord, as our children go out this morning, we thank you for each and every one of them. And we pray that as they go out to their kingdom kids, that you would anoint Hannah as she leads. And that, Father, you would open the hearts and minds of our children to hear and understand from your spirit. May you work in their hearts and lives. Lord, we heard that verse earlier. We sung that verse about when we are in you, when we are your child Nothing can take us away. And Father, we pray for our children. We pray that you'd draw them to yourself, that they themselves might have that living relationship as your child, and that, God, you would seal that work in their lives and their hearts, even this morning, through your Spirit. So bless them. May they have fun. May they enjoy every minute of being out, and may they enjoy learning about you and being together again. Bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so at this point, I'm gonna allow our children and a parent or carer to go out with them. Um, So please head out through these doors and have a fabulous rest of the morning, enjoy yourselves. And for everybody here, we are starting to reopen bits and pieces, little by little, but we need your help, we need your involvement. And over the past year, we've all had a chance to step back to think about what we're doing And we want to invite you to be really in prayer about how you can serve in this fellowship. If God is calling you perhaps to a role that you have done before or perhaps to a whole new role, we have opportunities right across all of the different things that we've done as a church in the past, as we reopen, we need your help. We need our volunteers back. So from the meeting place through to our additional needs, through to the older generation, through to the youth and children, to adoption groups, to leadership, we really do need your help. So please be in prayer and come and speak to one of the ministers. We would really love to hear from you and know how we can continue to serve God through this fellowship. We're going to spend a few minutes together now in prayer, so let's pray. Father God, we have just stopped for a moment and thought about all the opportunities there are to serve you in this place and through the ministries that take place here. Father God, as we can now begin to have hope to open up and restart different things. Lord, little by little, as it's safe to do so, so we pray that God, you'd also raise up the volunteers that are needed to enable those things to happen. We thank you so much for every single person who has volunteered over the past many years that this fellowship's been open. Thank you for all of those who have been serving faithfully up until the virus hit. And God, we pray your blessing, particularly on those who have stepped down or who have passed on. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for their amazing service. And Lord, as we look to the future, so we pray that you would guide and direct us as a fellowship to open up the right things, to serve you in the right ways so that we can reach our community with your gospel of hope and of love and of salvation. Lord, we pray for our church, for the churches across this area and the churches across the world and the UK, that God, you would use us. As your lights, to bring your light into our world, to bring your hope. And Father God, we really pray for each fellowship, particularly in Havering, that you would enable us to work together well as we seek to serve you. And Father, we pray that we might see many, many people coming to know you as their Lord and Saviour, that every church in this area would be filled to capacity simply because people are wanting to know you and to worship you. Father, we pray that it would be a time of revival in this country. And Father God, we do remember all of those who are so in need. We thank you for the way that the vaccine has been rolling out and how numbers have been staying low. And we pray, God, that that would continue and that this virus would become less and less powerful across our nation and across the world. We pray for the terrible situation in India right now. And we just pray that somehow, Father God, the countries of the world would come together and support that nation, that people wouldn't be suffering as they are right now. Lord, we just pray that you would really get people working and things happening so that things can change. And we pray for all those who are suffering across the world from COVID today or from the loss that COVID has brought to their lives. Father God, we pray that in these hardships, in these awful times, that God, people might turn to you and find in you some hope and comfort. We pray for healing across our nation, across our world. And Lord, as we pray for healing, so we want to remember particularly those in our own fellowship in so, who are so in need of you. We pray for Lillian. We pray for Dawn and Daphne. We pray for Brian. And we pray for Sheila. Father, we pray this morning for Malcolm and for Eddie. Lord, remember Joyce and Pauline. Father, we pray for Joyce Jones and for the Blackburn family. We pray for all of those who have lost family and friends over the recent weeks, particularly we remember Anne and Brian and Sade, Andrea and Justin and Joan. Father, we pray for all of those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. We pray that you would draw them close to you and comfort them. We pray for all of those who have felt so isolated and who are struggling with anxiety or depression because of the past year. And Father, we just pray for your healing and your peace upon their lives. Father, we pray for all of those who are undergoing tests at the moment. And Lord, we pray that you'd give them peace and the doctor's wisdom. Father, we pray for your blessing on Vicky as she takes the service at Union this morning. Bless that church, we pray. And Father, for winter gardens as they meet together too, we pray your blessing on them. Father, thank you too for the miracle of Parkside and for protecting it over this past year. Thank you for each one of our residents and we pray today that they might know your love surrounding them. Lord, help that home as they open up little by little to enable their residents, the residents still to be safe and yet to enjoy the comfort and company of their loved ones. Lord, we thank you that you hear all our prayers. And God, as we continue in our worship now, so we pray that you would continue to meet with us and touch our hearts and our lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite John and Christine to come and do our readings for us now. The first one is from Samuel, and it starts off where David is about to fight Goliath.
2: Good morning. Our first reading is from 1 Samuel 17, verses 45 to 58. And uh, may God uh, bless the reading as we receive it this morning. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine army moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground." So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and he drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forth and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sha'arem road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, As surely as you live, O king, I don't know. The king said, Find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem.
3: Our second reading is from Romans chapter 12, starting um, verses 1 through to 8. A Living Sacrifice Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Thank you.
0: Thank you, John and Christine. We're going to stand and continue in our worship on Christ the solid rock.
4: It's good to see people in the church and it's good, as always, to be having people joining us online. And I don't know what your life has become (coughs) throughout the last year. Mine has become a year of risk assessments. Anybody here in the church been doing risk assessments for their work? It's incredible the amount of risk assessments you need to do we have, I think it's something like an eight or nine page small print risk assessment to to allow us to worship in church. And it spells out all the risks we could think of and what we have done to mitigate those risks. As many of you know, I'm also involved in Parkside. And at Parkside, we have over 200 risk assessments that we have to follow and rewrite every time the government changes their mind about something. I feel a little like I'm risk assessment out so far this last year. And I have come to the conclusion that if you write it down and say it's a risk assessment, it's okay. You can do what you like, just write it down, that like what you're going to do. Because that's what it seems to be so often. Risk assessment And believe it or not, before we do anything, we do a risk assessment, don't we? Before we go out in the last year, we might think, is it too much of a risk to go out? Is it too much of a risk to catch a bus? Is it too much of a risk to walk through the park? And we've been doing risk assessment after risk assessment, and we have become nearly risk averse. And I felt strongly a few weeks ago, and John Brown was leading the prayer meeting and said something, and it clicked something in me. And I know that this has got to be a theme of the church, and I knew immediately it was said in that prayer meeting that today I'll be preaching on it. And that is, it's time to be confident in God again. It's time to put our trust back in God Because we have sung songs this morning that says, In Christ alone my hope is found, yet we better have a risk assessment about that. I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, I believe in risk assessments. I believe. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand risk it's time to be confident in God We're beginning a series of sermons today, and this is sort of slightly tangential to it, but I can do that, Um, and we're calling it Control-Alt-Delete. Now, many of you will probably think, what is he talking about, Control-Alt-Delete, but for those of you who go to work each day and have to boot up your computer, it's Control-Alt-Delete to start it up, to reboot it, to get it going. And we're talking about rebooting life and rebooting the church, getting things going again, rebooting. And the way we are going to get back going again is firstly if we put our confidence in God. Yes, as we look forward we see huge mountains and lots of problems. And I don't know about you, I've been in those meetings where you're discussing things, and you talk about a great idea, and then somebody comes and says, ah, but have you thought about? Oh, we've got a great idea, let's go and do this. We've got, ah, but have you thought about this? And there's always those around us who want to say, but. But. But we have a God who is greater than all the mountains. We have a God who is greater than the giants in front of us. We have a God who can do more than we can measure or imagine or could even dream of. Now I'm not being foolish when I talk about this. Yes, there is a there is a thing of doubt. Don't put your guard to the test. Don't go and do stupid things for the sake of doing stupid things and saying, my God will save me. Yes, do take the vaccine, because that's one God, way God is going to save you. He has given us scientists and medics to create things that is going to protect us, and we praise God for the vaccine, don't we? And all that that is offering us as a nation, as a world, to take the vaccine to get back to some kind of normality. But let's not spend our whole time living in fear. Because God does not want us to be people of fear, but people of hope, people of faith, people of ambition. Thank you to John and Christine for reading those two readings and I will come to them. But the other reading I could have been reading is from Hebrews chapter 11. And you know that whole passage that starts off. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. The ancients were commended for these things. So, my first question today is In what do we trust? In what do we trust? If everything was going to be taken away from you and you could have one thing that you were going to trust in, what would it be? Bank balance? Your car? Well, they're renowned for letting us down at the best, most important times, aren't they? Your home? In what do we put our trust? There's that hymn that we had a few weeks ago, Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Obey. In what do you trust? What is it that you have building your life upon? What is it that you are going to put before all things? In what do you trust? It's such an important question. This week we saw those many fans who were disillusioned by their favourite football team as their football team tried to do something that they thought was outrageous. And suddenly the trust that they had for their team just went down as they felt betrayed. You cannot even trust in Arsenal. For many reasons, not just the Super League. (laughs) The Norwich supporters are trusting in their team again because their yo-yo is working, they're going back up. But they'll be let down. What do you trust? Let me tell you, the one thing you can trust in and he will never let you down, is God. Put your trust in God. He will not let you down. Even when life goes really crazy and bad, God will uphold you. God will strengthen you. God will keep you. And so, as we come to reboot our life again, the control alter late, my question to you is, in what do we trust? And if our answer is God, do we trust Him more now than we did a year ago, or less? Do we trust Him more or less? My second question: This is this. Has God's big cat power? become less? Has God's power become less? John read the story of David and Goliath, a fight that should never have happened in that way. No way was Goliath going to lose. Everybody knew that this was a sure, certain win for Goliath, the giant against David, the small boy. Yet, the guard inside of David was bigger than the giant in front of him. And this story is known through folklore, through the whole of society. We often talk about the David and Goliath struggle, don't we, when the little person takes on the big organization and wins. And so if we believe that God is still great and God is so big, are we still taking on the tasks and the challenge and living by faith in the way we did a year ago? Are we still believing God is going to touch lives and change lives? Or do we believe he has lost his power? And friends... I've got to say as I read the Bible, as I see what God is up to, and what God is active in, I do not believe God is any less powerful today than he was on the day of creation. He's no less powerful now than he was on the building and the destroying of empires and kingdoms that have gone before. He is no less powerful than he was in the boy David that took on the giant and destroyed him. And if that is true, then God is calling us, his people, to continue the work he has called us to do, continuing to make a difference for his glory. David and Goliath. Is a story that leads us to asking the question: Has God, has God's power become any less powerful? Which leads me to my third question. Have you a giant in front of you that is bigger than God? Have you a giant in front of you that is bigger than God? Of course, we all know the answer to that, don't we? We all know what the answer should be. But how are we living? How are we living? Are we living as if there is a giant in front of us that is bigger than God? Are we so fearful of that giant that we're refusing to move forward? And we have become stuck. You see, I'm talking about the God who gave you a new start, the God who gave you forgiveness, the God by whose power was made and the world was redeemed. I'm talking about the God who parted the sea and wa- walked upon water, calmed storms. This God is bigger than any storm you can name to me. He is not. So, why are we so fearful about the storm, about the giant? In front of us. The story I'm hearing time and time again is we can't move forward yet. We can't do things yet. Yet God has a call upon His church to save the world by making the gospel known, and to his people to live as people of faith. And my question to us, when I ask the question, is the giant in front of us bigger than the God inside us? Whilst we give the answer the answer we should do, why do we live differently? Why do we live as if the giant is bigger than our God? You see, it's when David believed in God and did the absolutely thing that any risk assessment said he should not do, it's when David took those steps... That victory was won. The moment David stepped out and took five stones and put one in his sling, maybe he has a lack of faith that he took five, why didn't he just take one? But we won't go there. But why? <laughs> yeah, that was a moment of faith as he stepped out knowing God's calling upon his life and doing something about it, the victory was won. But the victory was won because he saw the God who could defeat the enemy. We will see God at work when we choose to step out and let God work. When we choose to trust him more than we trust our fears, then we will see God at work. And so, my next question I know I've got a lot of questions this morning, but my next question is Will God let
2: you down?
4: I love the story of Moses, don't you? Moses, the man who was reluctant to do what God wanted, but eventually gave up and did what God wanted in that amazing way. Yet he had to trust God. And he started off by needing sign after sign after sign from God. Yet as he took the journey with the Israelite people, that rebellious bunch of people, we see God time and time again coming up with the answer be that a parting of the sea so the Israelites could walk through to manor in the desert when they were hungry God did it now sometimes they had to be in that moment of despair where their faith was challenged and tried and then look to God for the moment of breakthrough but breakthrough will come when we let God Get us to those stages, but we like to walk safely, don't we? We don't like to walk on risk. We've done the risk assessment. The risk assessment says you're mad if you make that decision. I want to talk about some mad people. Mad people in probably about 1932 who said, let's build a new church on Main Road. And let's make it a big one. So that many people can come. Let's make it four or five times more capacity than the one we're in. And so from Salem Baptist came Main Road Baptist. That was mad. That was mad. But God did it. And then there are other organisations today who are doing all sorts of things. I want to talk to you about my friend Andy Hawthorne. Andy Hawthorne leads the message tribe around Manchester. And then last year they set up twelve shops. Except these shops are not shops as you know. You pay three pounds and you can put as much food in your basket as you want. It's a food bank with dignity. Food bank with quality. What madness. How are you ever going to make make something like that survive? How are you ever going to pay for it? But God came through. And people are blessed. And people are coming to faith. And so I want to ask you. Has God ever let you down? Has God ever let you down? This God has shown his power so much. That he never lets us down. William Carey, the founder of BMS World Mission, and you'd have heard this quote many times before, because it's part of our heritage as Baptists. As he found the modern Baptist missionary movement, he said these words attempt great sorry, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. So my question was, will God let you down? I don't think he will. Sadly, we often let him down. And so my next question, yes another question, is will you again put your trust in God? Will you put your trust back in God? Romans 12, David and Goliath all encourage us to put our trust in God. In the reading Christine read from Romans chapter 12, it tells us about offering our whole lives as living sacrifices as an act of worship to God. Bring in everything we are as an act of worship to God. And then it says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I believe that God is calling us as a people to have a renewing of our mind moment. A renewing of our mind moment where we stop listening to the fears of the media that it's putting into our minds day by day. The fears of the media that says we're doomed. The fears of the media that says there is no hope. And we learn to trust the Bible as the true what God says as the truth. And we believe afresh and put our trust back into the God who once upon a time we gave our lives to and maybe many of us went through the waters of baptism saying, Lord, here I am. This is my life. Use it for whatever you will. But we've been watching to the left and the right far too much. And we've allowed our fears to overcome our faith. As individuals, it's about priorities and daring again. As a church, it's about going forward with the call of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.17 has these words. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And God is calling us to trust him again. Will you put your trust in God afresh? Henry Roo Beecher put it like this. It's not well for a man to pray cream and live skimmed milk. Took my mind some time to get through that. It's not good for a man to pray cream and live skimmed milk. Skimmed milk. Horrible stuff, isn't it? I mean... It's the only milk I drink, but it's, you know, it's not the cream. And so often, we pray, God, we want the best. But we live as faithless people. You see, effective prayer lies not in the prayer itself but the change it brings on us our lives should be a reflection of what we believe and what we pray, we you, me are children of the king don't let the enemy make clothes racks out of our prayer efforts pray cream Live cream. And as you do, you will grow into the new creation God longs you to be. It's now time to take big, bold, brave steps. And my final question, praise God, they say, because he's been asking us too much this morning. My final question is, Do you have confidence in God? Will you live as such? And as a church, will we again become what we were called to be? People of faith. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that you call us not just to pray cream, but to live cream. To put our trust again in you. Lord God, take our lives. And help us, Lord, again, To see the God in us is bigger than the fears in front of us. The God in us will not let us down. The God in us is calling us to live courageous life. The God in us is telling us to take risks. To step out. To make a difference. Lord God, may we afresh trust you with our whole lives. Amen. Our final song is that song. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness flee. Amen. That's our prayer. Well, we've had the fire brigade here this morning before you all came. And we've had, the, the church wasn't set on fire, you'll be pleased to know. But it, maybe that's prophetic. Maybe God's going to do something amazing. I don't believe that I preached that, God, that word because I had to find something to preach. That was so heavily on my heart. And I pray that God does something with it in us. That we see the start to wing in this kingdom back to a people who trust in Jesus Christ. Thank you for being with us at RBC. May God journey with you. May you have an adventure this week where God's Holy Spirit truly stirs you and takes you on an adventure of seeing how he can destroy all the giants and bring around his victory. And may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Our final, there's going to be a song just played as we close the service, which is the blessing that was sung over this nation, and it will be sung over us as we go to do great things for God. And please take the direction of the stewards of those in the building as we come to leading. Thank you.
2: The Lord turn His face toward you.
0: Uh-huh.